0: Yeah, I don't know what's going on with the boxing schedule, folks. The boxing schedule is all kinds of screwed up. They've shifted it around, and it doesn't make any damn sense to me anymore because everything used to be simple. And maybe that's Showtime quitting the business. I can't say for sure, but I don't know. But everything now, it's like throughout the week. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And then now the Japanese is on Saturday, and they were rarely on Saturday. Before, it was during the week, and then the you know the domestic fights were on Saturday, usually Saturday evening or sometimes Sunday. Now they're scattered throughout the week and the Japan fight is on the weekend. I don't know what the hell's going on. So I'm going to do the best I can to cover. Some of the fights are actually happening today. I'm going to do the best I can to cover and unfortunately I have to do a week's worth of fights and I'm sorry about that. Wasn't what I planned to do, but it's what I see here. Just a quick bit of news real quick here on CombatTalkRadio.net We did shift everything over to a new hosting provider. So CombatTalkRadio.net has a whole new website. Feel free to check that out with all of our podcast episodes that have been. It does not link to YouTube. YouTube, we post every now and then, but not on a regular basis because podcast is what we are. So do check out combattalkradio.net. Check out all our past episodes as we do coverage. So if it's something that seems like it makes sense, share it out to somebody. And if you're new, by the way, welcome. Basically what we do is we talk about the fights that are coming up, give our thoughts and some predictions, and then some brief news on the boxing scene, which I'm going to be getting to here. Uh, The main thing was about uh, Oleksandr Usyk, who came out. And if you didn't know, there was supposed to be a fight with him and Tyson Fury to unify the heavyweight division. Of course, Tyson Fury damn near lost to a rookie in Francis Nagano. And then the fight's up in the air. Tyson took some damage in that fight. People are not really sure he's going to be able to fight Alexander Usa. That was supposed to happen in December. Usi came out and essentially said, um, not convinced fights happens with greedy belly, only when I hear sound the bell." And so then nobody knows if the fight's really going to go forward. I said, how can you sell the damn thing? Let's say Fury's fine. How can you sell the damn thing after you took a a very close win where you shouldn't have really, but you you took a close win, you struggled a little bit with a rookie, a rookie in Francis Nagano. How can you sell an Usyk fight? Because now you got Usyk who struggled with Daniel Dubois and you got Fury who struggles with a rookie in Francis Nagano. I just don't think you can sell it. I understand why it's important to boxing because we do have to get a unified champion and heavyweight. We've unified every other division at this point at some level recently except for heavyweight. Heavyweight's not been unified in a long time, and so it's time to do that. I just don't think these two can sell it, but until they drop the belts, vacate, or get beat, I don't know that there's any other option. Like, what I would like to see is Tyson Fury get stripped of the WBC, and ultimately, I think the lineal needs to be rethought, because although it's true that nobody's beaten Tyson Fury, and that's really the measure of whether you drop lineal, I think questions have to be asked about his performance against Deontay Wilder in the third fight, although he got the knockout, he looked good doing it. And then what? He took a soft touch in the middle there, and then now Francis Nagano, he gets dropped and beat up. I just think we have to ask some questions, but most importantly, I think we need to talk about the WBC and possibly stripping him. Same with Jamal Charlo, who's been sitting on the belt on the belt there. So things are up in the air there. The other piece of news is Jamal Charlo called was called for a mandatory defense on the IBF title against Murta Saliev, and. He's, of course, fresh off a dominant loss against Canelo Alvarez, the pound for pound kings. Canelo! And so nobody knows where Jamel's head is after that dominant loss. He said he's willing to fight Tim Zhu. I think the IBF is kind of on a mission right now because, of course, they stripped Terrence Crawford for ducking Jerome Boots. And so Boots is now your full IBF champion at welterweight. Crawford is no longer undisputed. There's now a dispute People on NSB and other places don't really like that. And I covered this on YouTube, but the bottom line is Crawford had a choice and it's under the IBF rules. This ain't me. This is IBF rules. IBF doesn't give a damn about rematch clauses. They don't care. They want you to fight your mandatory, either fight the mandatory or vacate. Those are the choices. When Crawford beat Spence, he went up on the air, basically calling out lightweights and super middleweights, calling out everybody except for welterweights. He even on, on video said he doesn't need to fight anybody. he fight whoever he fucking cares for. And that's fine. Well, and any signs, allegedly signs to complete the rematch with Spence, but that's not been confirmed. We haven't we don't have a confirmed date, we don't have anything, so it's not really solid. And ultimately, what IBF wanted was a commit from him. He's going to defend the damn belt. He refused to do that. He openly refused to do that. This is, of course, off the heels of him a while ago, cutting a video saying he doesn't duck mandatories, but he ducked boots, and boots was a mandatory. So yes, brother, you duck mandatories, that happened. And IBF stripped you because you ducked the mandatory. Let's call it what it is. He ducked his mandatory IBF and he's no longer undisputed. There's now a dispute. Boots Ennis is now your IBF champion. We got to see what's going to happen with Boots going from here. People on NSB and other places are calling him an email champion. And to be fair, it is somewhat true that he is. However, it's a different situation because unfortunately the person, he was the interim champion at IBF. So he was entitled to be elevated to full title list because the champion would not fight him. That's called a duck. And when that happens, that's the way it goes. You get elevated to full title list because the current champion is ducking you. Kudos to Boots Ennis, and I got a message for him. And I'll put it on social on uh, YouTube or whatever video platform at some point later. Let's crash course through our fights that we got quite a bit on deck. I'm not really excited about the vast majority of them. I'm going to talk about as many as I see. Happening today out in the prefectural Bukadan, out in Japan, Nagoya, 12 rounds of super flyweight action, KJ Kataraja fighting uh, Jaira Rakhino, Rakino, I'm aware of. I've I've heard of Kataraj. I've not seen him fight on a heavy basis. Kataraj is undefeated. Kataraj is an exciting fighter from the Philippines. I think they're both Philippines, actually. Uh, But Kataraj is the exciting one. He's the explosive one. The thing is, they're both knockout artists. You know, people are looking at Rakino and his uh, losses. He has losses on record, but they're both young guys. They're otherwise roughly equivalent. I think this is going to be a good fight for as long as it lasts. I think it's going to be a barn burner. I think it's going to be exciting. I think it's of all the fights, I think this is the one you're going to want to watch. Number one. The other fight I see, this is in Las Vegas. At the T-Mobile Arena, this is on Thursday, on ESPN in U.S. Sky Sports in the UK. Cataraj Araquinel is not televised, as far as I can tell. It's probably a local regional, but this one is on ESPN US Sky Sports in the UK. 12 rounds at lightweight action. Shakur Stevenson makes his return against Edwin de los Santos. And he's gotten a lot of flack for taking this fight. And I don't know the fuck why. Because De Los Santos is a threat. De Los Santos is legit. De Los Santos is going to be there all night long. And he's going to show up. And this is a good test for where Shakur is. This is the second good fight I see this weekend. So if you get a chance to watch any of the fights, you definitely want to check out the the two from the Philippines out in Japan if you can. And then this one from Shakur and De Los Santos. And De Los Santos is going to test Shakur like he's never been tested before. I like the fight. De Los Santos lost the one time that was a very close decision. Other than that, he's been rock-solid dominant. Both Southpaws, roughly the same height, roughly the same reach, roughly the same level of experience in terms of time in the business, but Shakur obviously has more rounds because Shakur is not a knockout artist. De Los Santos gets you the fuck out of there. So, listen, folks, this one's going to be a this one's going to tell us a lot. It's going to tell us a lot about Shakur's true level because we don't really know what his true level is. He, he, he passes the eye test, certainly. He's up there in the eye test. But is he really that dude? De La Santos is going to test that. If Shakur walks through De La Santos, he's got nothing but major respect for me because I highly regard De Los Santos as a fighter. Skilled, dangerous. This is for the vacant WBC lightweight title. So check that one out. I think it's a, I think was going to be a hell of a fight. On the undercard of that same event, um, I, I like this one a lot too. So this is number three on the list. 12 rounds of super featherweight action. Emmanuel Navarrete's going to be fighting Robson Canseco and I. Konseka, of course, was most known for the fight against Shakur. That's why I was paying attention to it. Konseka's been on a little bit of a decline, ever slightly. He's an older guy. I think Navaret blows right through him. I could get it wrong, but I think Navaret blows right through him. Navarette's a really good fighter. navarette has been talking kind of weird, though. He's been talking like he's about to quit or retire or something else. So I hope his mind's right. Because I think he's a good dude, and he's a really skilled fighter. He's just been talking crazy recently. I don't know what the hell that's all about. He should easily deal with Konsecao. And that's not additional Konsecao. I just think that Navarrete's much better of a fighter. So hopefully again, his Navarrete's mind's right. and He don't get in there distracted or jacked up. And for whatever reason gets upset because if anybody could upset him, Konsecao's got the ability to do it. Uh, Konsecao's a solid, he's an awkward fighter, right? So it's possible, but I just, I just don't see it. The other fight that I think is really good. This is out in Uzbekistan, which surprises me. I don't know why. And I'm assuming it's simply because of Time, the, the actual date of the venue. This is on Friday now. At the Humo Arena on the Uzbekistan, 12 rounds of Superfly weight action. Carlos Quadras, one of the four kings at Superfly, finally makes his return against Pedro Guevara. I've not, I've heard of Pedro Guevara, had not seen him fight, but of course I know Quadras of the Kings, he's the one that took the most losses, but he's been the warrior just like the rest of them. It's just he's never been able to really dominate like the other ones had. And I think Quadris is, hes not he's old for the super fly, but he's not declining. It just seems like when he steps up a level, he just can't hang. At the lowers, he's there. So it's like he's right there at the B level. And that's what I think you're going to see on this fight. I wouldn't be surprised, frankly. They're roughly the same age. They're roughly the same height. They're roughly the same reach. Both orthodox stance. Roughly the same, almost the equivalent level of experience in the books. They're both boxers. They're not knockouts. I wouldn't be surprised if Guevara gets his hand raised. And I say that because, if anything, Quadras feels like his motivation's done. It feels like he's, it's like he's physically he's there, but it feels like his motivation's gone. It feels like he doesn't have, for whatever reason, the motivation that he once had when he was tangling with the Four Kings, whether that's a loss or not. Most online feel like Quadras should win, and I don't disagree. I think Quadras should win. The key word is should. I just don't know that he's still there and still that dude where he's going to win because for whatever reason, he's been off, and I don't know what it is. So I'm saying I wouldn't be surprised if Guevara is able to pull this one out. Same location, same event undercard, 12 rounds of heavyweight action. Uh, Bakoda Jalala fights Chris Thompson. Of course, I know Bakoda from his most recent fight. Southpaw, both South Paul's in this fight, same age. I think they're roughly same height, same reach. Good numbers, good matchup on this one as well. Uh, Thompson, I know nothing about. I think he's out of Africa, I believe. I don't know anything about him other than he has more experience than Jalala for what that's worth. He's a boxer. He's not a knockout artist. He's got a significant amount of losses for his age because he's in his 20s and he's taking some losses. And what I saw is it seems like if it's somebody that's that's strong and brave enough that just goes after him, he doesn't have an answer. As good of a boxer as he is, he doesn't have an answer for an aggressor. So I think Jalalov gets a knockout on this one, possibly early is my guess. Same location, under round, 12 rounds at middleweight action. I'm going to butcher these names and I apologize, but uh, Myrim Nursultanov versus Vincent Feigenbutz. Don't know either guy. Uh, Nursultanov is undefeated. Feigenbutz is not. uh, Feigenbutz is German, of course. I don't know where Nursultanov's come from. He might even be Uzbeki. I'm not sure. Uh, Age roughly the same. Height roughly the same, reach roughly the same, orthodox, stance both sides. Really good matched fights. Uh, Feigenboots is a knockout artist, but he has losses on the record. Uh, roughly equivalent experience, I think, with Feigenboots of what I, the limited I did see of him, because I didn't see very much, the limited I did see of Feigenboots is that he's, it, it's almost like the bully Bectomir in a way. If, if you know how to catch him making a mistake, that's where he's taking a loss. So that's why all three of his have been stoppages. It's like if you catch him, slip it up, and the guard is not up, you can get him out of there. Do I think that Nursultanov can do that? Possibly. But at the same time, Nur doesn't go for knockouts, so it would have to be one where he just catches him. And I'm not sure that Nur has got the power to do something. So then is he able to keep fighting boots off him? I don't know. I don't know to say, and I don't want to say yay or nay, because, again, I don't know enough about either fighter that fight happens on Friday as well. that's what we got on deck here again throughout the week weird because usually it's stacked on Sundays, but you know, a lot of these are not televised. These Uzbekistan fights, I don't show that they're televised. There's a lot of non-televised But the demise of upcoming demise of Showtime. Things have been shifted a lot and we'll have to keep track of what's going on in the future. Uh, meanwhile, I'm going to be talking a little bit more on YouTube after the fight on different things like Harlem Eubank. He got his win uh, this last week. And then, what's possibly going to happen uh, upcoming with Terence Crawford, since he's now not, uh, no longer the undisputed champion uh, in the welterweight division?